Some of you here maybe are doctors, uh, maybe involved in the medical, maybe you've been to doctors a few many times. Um, but you know that the human body is an amazing thing, the physical human body. Uh, and Romans 12, what we're going to be looking at today is it, we're talking about how Paul describes the church. The church in Romans 12 is described as a body. Uh, and we don't use that as just a small illustration. I think we use the idea of the body as to speak into a lot of ways and what the church should be and how the church should be operating. And Romans 12 is, is a wonderful passage which just talks about how uh, there is one body in Christ. And as a church, we've got to think about what it means to be a body as believers together. So we're going to be looking at that today. We're going to be looking at that. But I just wanted to just start with, with just a thought. How, how, we all know that um, little children, when they're first born, right? When, when babies are first born, some of you have mothers in arms or mothers in, in boobers or carriers at the moment. We all know that when a baby comes out of the womb, they're pretty helpless, aren't they? As in they need warmth. They, need, they can't just pull a blanket over themselves. They can't just go... Uh, Mum, I need my milk right now, and, and communicate that way. They don't have the ability or the coordination uh, or the mental capacity yet to kind of take care of themselves. Is that right? Yeah, all of us have seen babies. But one of the things that we love when we have little with parents with young children is that children have their firsts, isn't it? They have their first smile. They have their first uh, laughter, whatever that may sound like. They have their first um, tooth, which comes out. Or they have their first time they are able to sit up on their own. And we as, as, as adults and parents and, and grandparents, and, and we just love the fact that children have their first things. Um, I've got a picture of, of my daughter Bethan when she first was able to stand. I think this was about nine months old. She's got the splits technique, you know, the... Yeah, the kind of the slight rocking back and forth. But I think all of us at some point in time have had this moment where we've seen a little baby stand up for the first time and suddenly the strength in their legs has formed to a place where they've got strength to do that. They've got some kind of core balance now and, and, and there's an there's a amazing joy which comes with seeing it for the first time. I think this was uh, nine months old. I think we were away for, for a weekend or something with some friends and suddenly she was able to stand. This is really a picture, really, of the body of Christ, isn't it? That each part of the body needs to grow and be strengthened. Each part of the body plays a part in what, how, how the church functions. Each part of the body is to be coordinated and work together for the greater good. And we are looking really at this, this passage from Romans 12 today, where Paul calls the church the body, the body of Christ, let me just give a bit of background to Romans. Romans is a, is a book that was written by Paul to uh, a church in Rome. Um, for 11 chapters, he's been uh, dissecting and explaining and trying to get people to understand what Jesus has done for each one of you and I. We were all sinners. Christ died. We were all uh, indebted to our sin and destined for destruction. But Christ rescues us and redeems us and brings us into new life. You might remember key phrases like, uh, I am no longer, um, I've been crucified. Sorry, that's Colossians. That's Galatians. Uh, I, um, Romans 8 says, I'm sorry, Romans 8 would say that uh, I no longer live, but Christ now lives in me and talks about how the Spirit now lives in me and gives me the mind of Christ and teaches me all the things uh, of what the gospel has done for me. 
And, and Romans is a, is a beautiful, beautiful picture of the work of Christ. And now what we are called to do in Romans 12 is from receiving all this teaching and all this information and all this uh, explanation of what Jesus has done for us on the cross, he now calls us to explain to us how we are now to live in light of that. So Romans 12 starts with these, these words. Um, Romans 12, verse 1, starts with these words. I appeal to you, brothers, by the mercies of God. Because of God's mercy to us, because of his kindness to us, because he saved us, I appeal to you now, my friends, my brothers, to present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Because we are saved, because we are saved, we no longer uh, just stay the same. Because Jesus Christ has saved us, we now have an opportunity to be different in his power. And one of the things that we're going to be reading today is about how we are supposed to be together as a body, as a church body. So I've got three really uh, simple points but in a second, but let me just read through Romans 12, uh, verses 4 to 8. And this is Paul speaking about the church. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not have all the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individual members of one another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, in proportion to your faith. If service, in our serving. The one who teaches, in his teaching. The one who exhorts, in his exhortation. The one who contributes, in generosity. The one who leads, with zeal. And the one who does acts of mercy, with cheerfulness. Would you mind if we just pray before we start and ask God to just help us understand what he wants to say to us today? So, Father, I thank you that uh, you sent your son uh, to die for us so that, and to rise again so that we might have new life. But not just life, Lord, that we could continue to live ourselves, but you give us life, Lord, to the full. And that life is life in community in this body. So I pray as we hear your word that you sent your Holy Spirit to ignite something in us, Lord, of what it means to be part of this amazing body, the church here in St. Albans, but also across the world. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So I've got three points, uh, really, to bring uh, this morning from this passage in Romans. Uh, firstly, that we are created individually. Each member uh, of this body plays a part, but each one of us uh, individually plays a part, but each one of us has a purpose within this body. Number two, uh, each of us belongs to Christ but each one of us also belongs to one another. And number three, um, as part of this body, we need each other. Now, some of these statements here are quite counterintuitive for how the world portrays how we should be living. Um, in an individualistic, self-centered, self-serving society, very much of what we live in these days, there is a sense that community is something that people know they need but the way in which sometimes we act out or the world acts out in terms of how community is, it's sometimes very self-serving. And Paul gives us a totally different picture of what a community is supposed to be. It's supposed to be one which, in this passage here, talks about unity. It talks about um, serving one another. So as a church, we have to be gospel-centered. We have to know that what we're building here is not a community group or a self-help group or some kind of community that exists for some other purpose. Our purpose as a community is something much greater, much higher. 
And hopefully through this, we recognize that our calling is to be the body of Christ and to represent him on this earth. So what do we need? Uh, what does Paul encourage us in this passage to do? We look at verse four. First, he says that as there is one body, firstly and foremost, there is one body, there's one church, but they have many members and members do not have all the same functions. So within the church community like this at Forest Town, there are people from every different walks of life. There are people who are young. There are people who are older. There are people in different seasons of life, with young children, singles. Uh, maybe you are older and you have your grandparent now, or different seasons of life, and we get to share that. Each of us as individual people, all saved by Christ, come under one into one body. And each verse is like a member of a body, isn't it? And you can, Paul talks about in, in 1 Corinthians 12, a very similar type of passage about talking about the body of Christ. Some people are like eyes. Some people are like ears. Some people are like hands. Some people are like feet. Each one of the parts of the body plays a part in building up the one body. And the first thing to say about that is that some parts of the body are more presentable, in such a way that they are more, maybe more public or more apparent. So the guys up on worship, they're maybe operating using their musical gifts and things, but, and they're more apparent, aren't they? They're more on stage. And some people maybe are, are, are not as, not presentable in a derogatory way, but they're not at the forefront, but they're still part of the body. Every single part of the body, whether you're serving coffee, whether you're giving announcements, whether you're stewarding outside, whether you are taking the time each Sunday to make sure that you welcome at least one person, you're playing a part in the body and what the body is supposed to be. And for us in Forest Town, we have to recognize that firstly, our value of being part of the body does not come through what you do. You are part of the body in Christ. It's who Christ has given you value as. You don't get value because you're suddenly doing something now, now I'm leading the worship, therefore now I'm part of the valuable part of the body. No. You are part of the body because Christ has purchased you and put you inside the body. And that's the first point, that we are individuals saved by grace, but called to be part of one body. But yet within the body, there is diversity. There is a mixture of gifts. There is a mixture of talents, natural talents, but also God-given talents and talents that still have to be nurtured and grown. And part of this church community needs to be one where we celebrate the diversity and allow people space to exercise their gifting and to be part of it and contribute into that, this one body. There is diversity, yet there is unity. There is difference, yet there is one Lord. There is uh, amazing gifts that we bring into this community, yet at the same time, we serve under one king, and his name is Jesus. I use this example um, quite funnily because... Um, my brother, if you might have recognized and thought he was me already this morning on the way in, um, we often get, get mixed up. Um, I remember going to his church in Singapore a few years ago, and uh, everyone talked to me for about five or ten minutes as if I was Lester. And I'm sure some of you have kind of made the mistake uh, this morning as well. But um, we're actually quite different, as in we may look the same. He might have copied me and wear like a check shirt as well this morning, just to make it extra difficult for everyone. Um, <laughs> uh, but, you know, we are similar, aren't we? As in, we're from the same family, but actually we're very different in personality. We obviously like certain things. He likes Liverpool, I like Arsenal. Yay, Liverpool. Um, <laughs> but we're different, and we celebrate that. 
Being part of this church doesn't mean you have to conform to one image or one person. You don't have to be like Ant. You don't have to be like Helen. You don't have to be like Wynne. You don't have to be like Anching or Corbus. You know, you've got to work pretty hard to be just like Corbus. But you don't have to be one type of function in the body, do you? We don't need that. We want diversity. We want to celebrate all that God has placed in you and all that you are bringing into this community. And that's really the call of this thing, that when you're created individually, you have a purpose. You have a value that is God-given. And now you're invited to bring that into this community and to share it. Do you believe, whether you're young, whether you're old, whether you are on your journey, do you believe that if you are in Christ, you are called to be part of this body? You are called to bring all that you are into it, to love it, to nurture it, to bring your heart and what God has placed in your heart into this community because you know what, you, we need it. We need all that God has for us in this community. Whether you're a teenager, young guys, diffused guys, one day, not one day, even now, you guys are part of the body, not when you're older, not when you suddenly hit 18 and you leave home, you're part of a church. You are part of our community right now and we need you to be part of it. We need you to bring all that you are into this body. Number two, belonging to Christ, what does it mean? Belonging to Christ means that we also belong to each other. Let's look at verse five. Verse five says, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. I think all of us know what it means to be, hopefully know what it means to be in Christ. That's quite a familiar statement, isn't it? In Christ, we are new creations. In Christ, we are redeemed. In Christ, we have salvation. In Christ, we have access to the Father in heaven. In Christ, we have been given the Holy Spirit's presence and power in our lives. In Christ, we are to love. In Christ, it's mentioned throughout the Bible. But in this particular portion in Romans, it says, in Christ, yes, it says we are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. And that one another, individually Christ, is a really dynamic and pretty deep statement. Because what it means is this, that if you belong to Christ, if you are in Christ, if he has saved you, if you have uh, been filled with his Holy Spirit, if you are in his, in his family and in relationship with him, then you also belong to each other, to one another. Now, for some of you, that might be pretty scary, or you introverts, Suddenly, you're like, oh, I have to be, what does that mean? What does that mean for me? Do I have to come out of my shell? It doesn't matter if you're introvert. It doesn't matter if you're extrovert in your personality. What it means is that you belong to me. I belong to you. You belong to your neighbor. Your neighbor belongs to you. If you are in Christ, what we celebrate is that we are all uh, part of this one body. And the term I guess we use in this in this, in this church's family, isn't it? That we are part of the family of God. That we act in a way that doesn't just benefit me. I act in a way that means I'm thinking about Wynne. I'm thinking about Sandra. I'm thinking about Noel. I'm thinking about what my actions and what my presence here on a Sunday, what I bring matters to them and how it builds them up. And that is what we have to do as a church family. I don't know about you, but so often, sometimes when I come on a Sunday, I'm thinking about, um, I'm probably thinking about food sometimes, but no, I'm thinking about, um, I'm thinking about uh, myself. I'm thinking about maybe the next day or what I'm going to do at work. Uh, I'm thinking about my kids and I'm thinking about all the things in my little unit, my, my physical family. 
But one of the things that I would love us to do as a church before Sunday, when we, or whenever we meet together, is to think about, ask God, how, who should I be thinking about today? Who can I, as part of this body, being committed to one another, who can I be thinking of today? And what a different attitude that can bring to a church family when the body is thinking about the other members and thinking about what can I do here to bless, encourage, serve today. Um, this, 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 this unity, this um, gift of church as a body is, is something so profound that it, it extends even beyond just familiarity and friendship. Um, you can go across the world to New Zealand, to Cambodia, to America, and if somebody is in Christ and you are in Christ, you can go up to them and say, you are my brother. Jesus is your Lord. He's my Lord. He's my King. He's your King. We're going to spend eternity together. Let's get on. <laughs> uh, you know, this whole sense of community doesn't extend to just a local community, but you can go over to Cambodia. You can have, like we did, we went over with a family. We had dinner with Buna, who's one of the partners that were working out there. And we had an amazing meal, sharing about what he's doing for uh, in Cambodia and his ministry and his life and his family. And we would share about our life and the church here. And you can go across the world to a different place and be united because you are in Christ. It doesn't matter. You have a connection. You have a Lord. You have a Holy Spirit in you that is one and brings this one body into one place. And that is an amazing thing. It's an amazing reality that we get to live in. Does it mean it's easy? No, it doesn't mean it's easy. It doesn't mean that we as Christians and part of one body suddenly have to get on. Make it, it's suddenly just like an automatic connection that we get on. But what we get is the tools. We get the Holy Spirit who says to us, uh, I'm going to build in you gifts of love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And I'm building it in Win as well. So when Win's impatient with me, the Holy Spirit's going to go, Win, I'm giving you patience to be patient with Ed. And when we have difficulties, we have challenges, we get to operate in the power of the Holy Spirit to make this unity which honors God work. It's not easy. It needs work. It needs obedience to the Spirit and to the Christ. But that is what we are called to be, to belong to Christ, but also to belong to each other. Do you have that same attitude as Christ has for us? What does this mean in practical terms? Um, it means that we care for each other. It means that we are tender-hearted toward each other. It means that when one rejoices, one part of the body is rejoicing, we rejoice with it. When one part of the body is hurting, we hurt with it. When one part of the body is crying, we cry with it. That's what it means to be part of the body. Um, I, I remember when I was a teenager uh, playing rugby in Hong Kong. The people are much smaller there than they are in South Africa in here. Um, and I was a winger. And um, this guy, who's about the same size as Corbus, I, I, I did a handoff on him when I was carrying the ball. And he came back for revenge. And he dump tackled me. And without the ball. And that's totally against the rules, by the way. Um, and I landed on my elbow. And, my, and I dislocated my elbow, my right arm. And it was around this time, May I remember, because I remember I had exams coming up. And I thought, hmm, busted arm. <laughs> Pen exams, <laughs> not a good combination. Um, but what I learned during that period was that the right arm is obviously my dominant arm, isn't it? It's the one which was strong. It's the one which was um, leading ahead, doing the things, feeding the mouth, doing, doing writing, everything, playing basketball, all those things that I love doing. 
but I had to rely on my, my left arm because the right arm was in a, was in a sling for, for a couple of weeks while it recovered. And during that period of time, my left arm actually got pretty good. I was able to write my name. It's good, isn't it? <laughs> Not good for doing maths papers, but I was able to write my name. I learned to play basketball with my left hand. I learned to shoot. I could do a pretty good free throw with my left arm. And during that period where my right arm was hurting and needed nurturing, and needed time to recover, and needed time to be cared for, the body was still here. It still needed feeding. It still needed to be washed. Can't quite reach that bit with my left arm. But you know, it, it, you get the idea that when one part of the body is hurting, one part of the body needs nurturing and caring, it's not any less value. The other parts of the body are there to take care of it as well. And so it is in this body. Each of you, you might be a left arm, you might be a small pinky, you might be a little toe, whatever it is, what type of imagery you want to use, you are vital and you have a part to play in nurturing this body, especially when other parts of the body are hurting. Yeah, Let's not neglect what we are and what we're called to be. But what we do need, why is it, what we do need is the Holy Spirit. As I mentioned already, that there is a spiritual fruit that needs to happen through the power of the Holy Spirit. If we try and do this thing, being part of this body in our own strength, I think first thing it does is that first it will fail because we rely on our own strength. Secondly, it makes us look good, isn't it? Oh, I'm the caring one. I am the one who does all the serving. I'm the one who does all the music and also does the preaching and all of these things. That's not what we're called to be. We're called to be a body that serves one another and encourages and lifts up people uh, and encourages people to be part of the body as well. Jesus puts it this way in John 13. John 13, 35 says, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have, what? Love for one another. So part of our calling of being as body is to love, not so that it makes us look great, but so that people will know that we belong to Jesus. Through our love, through the spirit-given, spirit-empowered love that we share together, this is how the world will know that we are belonging to Jesus. Jesus says it as well in John 17. It says here, when Jesus was praying for each one of you and I, he says this, I ask that you may all be what? One. Just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they, that you and I, that we may also be, uh, that you also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you've sent me. So our calling to be a family, to be part of this body, is so that the world would know that we belong to Christ and represent him, but also so that the world would know that Jesus Christ is here in this place right now through the way that we are one, through the way that we are united. So this is what's at stake, guys. It's not just that we get along and we get to have great coffee and conversation and feel welcomed and feel buzzed. That's part of the fruit of being part of the body that's united. But more importantly, it's for God's glory. It's so that people will know who he is and that the world will see that they are followers of Jesus. And this is how they are and this is how they act. And I want to be part of that. Amen? Paul gives us this picture in Romans uh, so that we recognize that we need each other as well. So last point, number three. And it says this in verse six. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given us, let us use them. Let us use them. Not everybody here in this church will have the same gifts. Not everybody here will have the same grace to, 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 uh, 
to work out that gift as well. I don't have a gift of playing the piano. I could probably put my mind to it, but I'm not naturally inclined. I play guitar, I'm happy with that, but I just can't get the two-hand coordination thing. Um, I don't have necessarily the gift of hospitality in a really, really great way, because when I look at people who are hospitable, I think, wow, I would love to be like that. It doesn't mean I'm not hospitable, but it just means that I don't have that, that natural tendency towards people and sitting out meals and making tables beautiful with decorations. I, I just don't do that. That's not my thing. Um, but you're always welcome to my house. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I don't have all the gifts. You don't have all the gifts. Um, you don't have all the grace that God has given. Each, if you believe it or not, God has given you grace. That means he's given you something. It may be one thing. It may be two things. maybe a few things. But he's given you something to contribute to this body. And because the body needs it, that's, the, that's where the, the buck stops really, that you have been given a grace and a gift to meet a need within this local body. Do you believe that? Do you believe that you have been given something that you, so that you can operate in a way that would bless someone else here or bless a group of people? Maybe you love children and you're probably not here because you're probably up in the rooms. <laughs> so maybe that's where you should be. But each one of you, I encourage you, if you know what you're if you don't know what your gifts are, let's talk about it. Let's, let's get in a groove. Let's talk about it. Let's discover it together. Let's be on that journey of discovering and nurturing these gifts so that the body is strengthened. Some of you maybe know what your gifts are and you, you've been using them, exercising them. Praise God. But one of the things we want to do also is make sure that we operate in the grace that God has given us. And the grace means that we operate in a way that honors God, that relies on his strength and has an a way in which we serve with a good attitude or right attitude. Um, and Paul lists a number of examples in verse 7, if we can look at those. So here are some of the examples, and this isn't exhaustive. It doesn't mean that um, if you're not one of these, you don't have a gift. This is just some of the gifts that Paul gives us in verse 7 of this chapter. And it's not just the gift, it's how that gift operates as well. What attitude does that person have in operating it? So it says here, if you have the gift um, of serving... So if you have the gift of prophecy, then prophesy in proportion to your faith. If you have the gift of service, if you just love to serve people and take care of people, uh, then serve. If you have the gift of teaching, if you have the ability to articulate and to teach young children or adults or whatever it may be, not just up front, maybe in a small group setting, whatever it may be, then teach. If, you've, if you are to exhort, if you want to encourage and bless other people, then do it. If you have the ability to contribute financially, time, energy, do it generously. The one who leads, leads with zeal, and the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. So much of our gifts uh, in the, in, or, or talents, you could say, in the world are judged by their outcome. Our gifts and talents are judged by our attitude and how we give them freely, generously, with zeal, with joy, with thankfulness all the hallmarks of the Holy Spirit. That's why we need the Holy Spirit to be empowering our service every single time we meet. If we did it all in our own strength, we have to be careful because often it will lead to things like pride. It leads to things like self-seekingness. Paul puts it this way um, in 1 Peter 4. Whoever serves, do it as one who is serving by the strength that God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. 
to whom all the glory and dominion forever and ever belongs. Amen. That is what we want to be doing it. At the end of my time today, you can say if you made sense and stuff like that to me by my service, but at the end of this preaching time or the worship guys, our prayer and our hope is that all glory may go to Jesus, that this church is strengthened, that you are encouraged, that you go out with a new vigor and strength and focus for this week ahead, uh, that you may love Jesus more, that you would serve your community better, you'd go to work with the attitude of joy and thankfulness that people would know that you belong to Jesus. That is what we hope for. It's not about doing more stuff. It's not about doing more things in church. It's about doing it with an attitude and receiving and giving by the grace that God has given us. So for us as a church, what does it mean? Um, What do all these three things mean for us? If we are to be a church that operates as a body with many parts, if we uh, are created individuals, if we belong to Christ and belong to each other, if we need each other, what does this mean for us as a body in Forest Town, in this local community? What it means is, firstly, that on a Sunday, Sunday isn't just church. When you come to an event or you come to a meeting, if you come to Fuse or you come to a men's group, um, that isn't the fact that you just attend or come to a building or a body doesn't mean that is church. What it mean, what it, the church is supposed to do is not just a series of events or someone ministers to you. Church, the main thing about being a church is that every single member grows in their ability to minister a unique grace to every single other person around them. Part of being a church is to nurture each one of us. So by preaching, hopefully that you've learned or you, the Holy Spirit has spoken to you about something and that you then go and are nurtured and matured and you get to operate as well and speak out your gifts. It's not about just being, it's about participating. It's about uh, not just spectating, but also giving out what God has given to you. We're not about... Um, just building a church that is about Ant or Helen or the elders or a select group of people. That's not what Forest Town is about. The church is about um, operating, making sure everyone operates in what they have been given. There are ministers, there are overseers, there are people who lead, and that's what it says in this verse. But the whole point of the leading and the growing and the teaching is so that people are growing to be equipped to protect others to liberate and empower each one of you to operate also in the grace gifts that God has given to us. The way uh, Peter puts it is this, that we are all priesthoods. We are all uh, believers who are priests, called a people who are priests. It's not just a select few. It's not just one or two up front who stand here. Every single one of you is a priest to serve each other and to serve the community that lives around you. So as we close this morning, I want to ask us a simple question. Do I want to see this body grow? Do I want to see my left arm strengthened? Do I want to see my ear operating as it should do? Do I want to see um, you know, my feet, the feet of this church, the, the back of this church being strengthened? And that's a really hard thing because it requires you to love and it requires you to commit and it requires you to invest in this body because when you do by the power of the Holy Spirit it means that the whole body functions as it should do Christ is honoured people tell and can see that this body belongs to Jesus and are drawn to him
So I want to ask you this morning, maybe you're in that place where you feel weary about serving. Maybe you've been to a different church before and you've, like I, I know I have, felt drained or dried out because, I don't know what it may be, a bad experience maybe. Please, in this church, I encourage you not to be discouraged, but to operate in the grace that God has given you. Rely on his grace. Rely on faith that he, you be, he believe that you have something to bring to this community. If you're serving faithfully in this church, keep on going, keep on blessing, keep on feeding, but make sure also that you receive as well. Make sure you have rest. Make sure that other people, you allow people to minister to you. Don't be so busy that you say that you don't need others to minister to you. Be vulnerable. And lastly, um, let's be surrendered to the Holy Spirit. We cannot do any of these things. We can't be the community that God wants us to be unless we say, Holy Spirit, come, work in me. Work on my attitude. Work on my heart. Direct me to the people I need to speak to. Who can I give a gift to this week? Who can I give a call to? Who haven't I met yet? How can I build this body so that it honors you, Jesus, and tells you, tells the world about who you are? Let's pray. Father, I thank you that this body right here in Forest Town is bought by your blood. It was a cross, Lord, that redeemed each one of us to be called sons and daughters. Father, we get access to you. We get to celebrate you. But we don't do it individually, but we do it together. We get to come, Lord. We get to rise. We get to celebrate things like communion, where we celebrate and remember all that you've done for us, not individuals, but together. We get to serve each other, Lord. We get to know each other's needs. We get to be vulnerable. We get to do that together. And I pray, Lord God, right now, as we think about and ponder these things, I pray, Lord God, that we would be, you give us the freedom by the, and the power of the Holy Spirit to enable us to do those things that you've called us to do, to use our gifts of grace, to bless and encourage each other. And I just feel, Forest Town, that this morning, if there's anybody here who feels like, you know, that, that dislocated or sore arm right now, that you feel that, you know, maybe you were once quite strong, but you feel disheartened now, or you feel tender. I want to invite you to, to, there's a prayer team, I want to invite you to come, and we want to pray for you. If you're feeling like that part of the body which is slightly bruised or hurt right now, or you're just feeling weak or exhausted, we want to pray for you and minister to you because we want to take care of you. And we, start, we want to start that by praying for you, if that's okay. So maybe if you're feeling that way right now, maybe church has been something that has disappointed you in the past or there's roots of that, we want to pray that God would be nurturing you right now and that we can, as a church body, can be praying for you. And maybe that's you and you can come to the front. We have a wonderful prayer team and we'll pray with you. And we just want to ask for God's blessing uh, to, to be on you, to give you rest, to give you that time to recover, to know that you are loved and treasured, not because what you do, but because who you are as part of this body. So if that's you, maybe you can come up and we can pray for you uh, at the front after this. But Lord, we want to praise you because this is what you've bought for us. And we pray, Lord, as a church body that we would respond in a way that honors you. Holy Spirit, come right now and just settle in our hearts, Lord, and help us, Lord, to commit to building your beautiful body on earth and that we will celebrate that, Lord, for eternity together when we meet you again. In Jesus' name I pray. 
Amen.